This is Chip Baker, and on today's episode of The Real Dirt, we're speaking to Andy Sack. Andy Sack is a grower of growers. He started with just a handful of lights and a legal cannabis operation in 2012, and now he's building out a 420,000 square foot pharmaceutical grade indoor facility in beautiful Puerto Rico. Man, join us on this fascinating conversation on what it takes to build out a huge modern pharmaceutical grade facility and what's going on in Puerto Rico next on The Real Dirt. All right, here we are on The Real Dirt. On today's Dirt, I've got Andy Sack. Say hey, Andy. What's going on? Oh, man, just uh, sitting back here in Denver, Colorado. Andy is coming to me live from Puerto Rico. Uh, it's amazing technology we have here, huh, Andy? It is, man. It is. It's crazy. Wow. I remember years ago, you had to dial a, you know, dial a rotary phone to call international. Now we can just hop on the computer and have a great conversation. Andy Sack is currently the Director of Cultivation for Pritch Biotech in Puerto Rico. And he's formerly of Kind Love in here in Denver, Colorado. And that, that's how we met a few years ago, huh, Andy? That's right, man. That's right. So, uh, yeah, you were just growing along at Kind Love. You called me one day about some irrigation stuff. I literally, like, next week, someone said, oh, yeah, he's in Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It seemed like it happened that fast. Did it happen that fast? It does seem like that this industry is going really fast. And when I think about the amount of time I've been in it, it, it seems like it's it hasn't been that long. But yeah, man, it's it's going fast, man. And it's a super exciting industry to be a part of. Let's talk about the beginning. Let's talk. You know, I've I've, been, I've really been trying to speak to growers in my my latest episodes. One, it's what my audience really wants to hear about. It's who my audience actually is, and you know, it's it's I, it's who I want to talk to too. Andy, you're a grower of growers, that's for sure. You've been in this industry pretty much since the beginning of medical that's cannabis, right. right? Since two, 2012. Since 2012, and medical cannabis in Colorado, you have hit it with a storm. You work work for Kind Love Colorado. You won't are. You while working for them, you guys won several awards of top cannabis, top flowers. Uh, I mean, you know, you guys won three out of ten one year, two thousand fifteen or sixteen. Like, g give it to me, y'all. Can you break it down for me? I know you know them. So basically, we won uh, medical dispensary of the year, two thousand fifteen cannabis business awards, uh, number one, number five, and number eight. Top 10 Strains of 2015 Westward Magazine, uh, Best Flower 2016 Westward Magazine, and Best Flower in a Dispensary 2016 Cannabis Business Awards. And actually, I believe a couple extraction companies had purchased some of our product and uh, won a couple uh, cannabis cups with that product as well. You had an incredible facility that you oversaw there at Kind Love. You guys had several hundred lights. Yeah, it was uh, 400 lights in an old uh, Coca-Cola distribution center that had about uh, 15,000 square feet of growth space built out with 400 lights and then uh, another large area for curing and, and trimming and offices. And it, it was it was an extremely nice facility. 
Yeah, it's it's one of the nicest in Colorado. You know, I, I, I see lots. I'll say it is a, uh, when did you guys build that? 2012, 13, 14? 2013. 2013. That's when it all started to happen, right? And with the construction. That really is where it started all to happen. That's right. I came into the industry in 2012. That November, it went recreational. And then, and and, and at that point in time, everybody was in 5,000, 10,000 mm-hmm. square foot grows where it was big. And then the wreck hit and boom, everybody was 50,000, 80,000. Like, you know, I mean, the big, really big warehouses started showing up at that point in time. Right. And you, you had 400 lights over 10,000 square feet of flower or? 15,000 square feet. And then we we had another facility that was 5,000 square feet and then another 5,000 square foot facility as well. So at one point in time, we had three facilities. Many people would consider that huge amounts of commercial cannabis, but yet you were able to put out top tier strains that won several competitions, right? That's right. It seems like that you proved the misnomer is not true, that you can grow shit tons of weed and it still be good. That's right. That's right. That's right. And man, it all comes down to genetics as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. And love and care. Yeah. Really, man, you got to be passionate about what you're doing. It does. It does start with genetics. And I know that's something we're both interested in. So you got a job in Puerto Rico. That's right. You're living on the beach in Puerto Rico right now. Is that the waves in the background? No, man, that's the air conditioner (laughs) because it's hot. I'm going to edit that portion out and you're going to say, yeah, that's ways, bro. (laughs) So tell me what's happening in Puerto Rico. Okay. What's going on in Puerto Rico is about a year ago, I I came out here, talked to these guys. I said, Hey man, you know what? This, this sounds like a great opportunity. Sounds like a great experience. A change of scenery, a change of, of, of culture from the flat bill hat bin culture we got going on in Colorado. So I came out here and uh, basically everybody out here is on island time. So things are not going super fast, but uh, you know, it, it, it's an, it's an interesting market. And um, at this point in time, most of the majority of the patients are women over the age of 60 that are, that are, that are seeking medical cannabis as there is a very popular pharmaceutical culture here. People tend to take a lot of pills and and I think a lot of people are looking for an alternative to that. So they have um, they, they've legalized medical cannabis there. Can you get it for any disease or anything? Okay, it's you can get it for pretty much everything that you can get it for in Colorado. You know, chronic pain is is most likely the most popular one. But just recently, the governor passed a bill restricted flower sales to only terminally ill patients which will right. affect the market drastically. Right, right, right. So right. they're kind of unfortunately moving backwards, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. And they are in a dire state of an emergency right now for, for funds as they are bankrupt. I was thinking, hey, man, this could go two ways. Either it could go forwards or backwards, and they could just say, hey, you know what? We need all the income we can get at this point in time. Let's just go recreational and, and, and make bank. So you got a bunch of facilities licensed, though, or you're, the people you're working with, uh, uh, Pritch Biotech. That's right. We we hold the the most licenses for a cultivation facility in Puerto Rico in this moment. So you can 
make uh, edibles, concentrates, grow cannabis, and so In this moment, we do not have a MIPS license because in January, the government changed. So, so this wasn't voted in by the people. And then this is where the problem kind of starts. Yeah, right. This, this was passed right. by the, the old governor of Puerto Rico. And he said, go, 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 go. Let's make this happen right now before I leave office. Mm-hmm. And and then the new governor came in, and and it's the and from the opposite party, and so and it's the more conservative party. So he came in and he said, "Okay, we'll leave it, but I'm going to make it my way." Mm, kind of. And they yeah. and and they basically shut everything down, and they said, "Stop signing licenses, you know, stop giving patients the cards," and and so a a lot of facilities have been waiting for their license since last November, November of 2016. Wow. And, and it's, yeah, so it's kind of a nightmare right. for a lot of people. And, and, and well, really for anybody that, that just dived, dived in Dive super right aggressively. Into, right, right, right. So how, how many people have licenses there? I mean, how co- cultivation licenses? Man, or? I want to say there's probably five cultivation facilities and maybe 15 dispensaries it's moving really slow you know i mean it's like a lot of people went to get their patient cards and and they went to do it in october of 2016 and maybe it's march or may of 2017 and they still haven't got their card and and so and you know the the department of health is like oh our 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 card maker broke or oh we shut down the facility to get the fingerprints done so like we need to find a new place for people to get fingerprints or right, right, you know, yeah, stalling. Yeah, yeah, right. and, and then it's just mass confusion as well. You'll send them an SOP or or something of that nature, and they'll say, "Well, we're not really sure what to do with this." So, uh, yeah, right. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's a, a, there's mass mass confusion in the industry here in Puerto Rico in this moment. It, it's it's kind of a hot mess. Wow, hot mess. Well. I guess it's hot in Puerto Rico. Hey, man, let's t- let's take a break right there. This is the perfect time for it. I'm Chip with the Real Dirt. Here we're with Andy Sack, Bridge Biotech. These new episodes are made possible through some really awesome partnerships. We want to form long-term relationships with other entities who have similar goals. Thanks to Grower Soil, a line of soil and nutrients manufactured and developed right here in Colorado. Also, thanks to Cultivate Colorado with two stores in the Denver metropolitan area. Cultivate has one of the largest selections of indoor horticultural equipment in the known universe. So stop by if you have any growing needs. Grow your dreams, cultivate your legend. All right, and we're back. Chip Baker, Andy Sack, Puerto Rico. It's not really working out there. It's not in this moment. I mean, medical cannabis program isn't working out so well there. In this moment, no. Mm-hmm. Do I think that it will be a fantastic thing in the future? Yes. Is there an ability for investors to come here and take advantage of tax incentives for their their companies? Yes, that that is. I mean, an investor could come here and 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 start a, an operation and take advantage of act 2022 right um 4% but federal sales yeah, yeah. Ta- or federal that's, income tax that's right that's right federal but but in this moment it it's moving it's moving pretty slow so right. you you'd, you'd have to be prepared to to wait 
I mean, there's some facilities that exist, but the problem is really uh, there's not enough patient cart. There's not enough that's patients. Right. You that, know? That's right. There's not enough. Pa- are there dispensaries or places? Is- there are definitely dispensaries. In mm-hmm. fact, there one is Clinica Verde. They have three facilities now. And it, man, I tell you what, it's one of the nicest dispensaries I've, I've ever been in. Oh, wow. I mean, it it is amazing. Well, it's like a spa. That's sweet. It's a problem here. And I see it being a problem for quite a while. And and part of that has to do with the culture. From the information I've gathered, it, it's just I don't think there's going to be a large amount of the younger generation going to get their medical card. Culturally speaking? Culturally speaking, yes. Mm, because they're, they're buying their weed someplace else it's too expensive in the dispensary it's definitely too expensive some people are are, some of these dispensaries are selling grams for 30 dollars no shit but the markets how much is street weed how do they sell Uh, do you know how they sell it in puerto rico yeah yeah they they so basically they sell it in these little bullets these little plastic bullets and you know somebody buys a five dollar ten dollar bullet and they roll it up into a blunt on the beach with their boys and uh Right. You know, that's just kind of the, that's just kind of the culture here, right. and and because of the way that I mean, are there lots of people smoking weed there? I think so, but I'm not. I, I'm you know I just haven't really dived into the right. the culture that deep. But I I've talked to a lot of youth because I was I was interested, and you know it's kind of like this love hate relationship. They everybody loves Puerto Rico, but they also hate the government here, and and they feel that the government screws them over. And, and so there's a tremendously large black market and uh, and everybody kind of tries to low amount of income on paper. And, and then, you know, maybe clean houses or sell fake nails. It, you know, it's 11 and a half percent sales tax here. God, the cost of living here is is really pretty high. So it's, it's not all it's not all roses and pots of gold and shit no 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 it's it's it, it's 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 not it's not right. i mean it's other states have had their difficulties with medical cannabis programs as well it's not you know this isn't unheard of right no. I'm, I'm not sure well i know like in florida a couple of years ago a bunch of people went down there invested hard and then it didn't work out right? yeah i hear you i hear you so it happens it, yeah. it happens but wow you know. yeah yeah so man you guys let's the, on the brighter side though you, Pritch, has acquired a, farm, a former pharmaceutical facility of uh, 420,000 square feet, and you're turning that into a grow. That's right. right. So, so it used to be Syntex, and then they shut down, and, and, the, and the building was vacant for quite a while. And then so it was already the, making pharmaceuticals, drugs. That's drugs. right. They were making drugs. pharmaceuticals. Okay. That's right. It is huge. I mean, we have 61 clean rooms. We have an 80,000 square foot storage warehouse. We have a computer brand forklift, elevators, three stories, water treatment facility. Just it, the list goes on and on and on. You could walk through the facility all day long and still not see the whole thing. I, I've been here for a year and I still have not seen every single part of this entire facility. It's just too big. Holy shit. So, I, I mean, you said all this stuff, but you kind of lost me at the computer ran forklift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you just, you press, you know, it's like a vending machine, you know, A1, and boom, it goes to A1, pulls down the pulls down the, the cargo, and brings it to you. Holy shit. So it just, like, literally goes and finds a, uh, a pallet by a... a 
the UPC code or something. That's right. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, so it is, it's, it's, it's massive. You know, it, it's, it's really crazy how big this place is. I have multiple, multiple loading docks. Oh, wow. oh well. So, uh, so you're, you, you've got this incredible dream pharmaceutical facility. It probably have unlimited power. It's 420,000 square feet and you're building out. Have you, you've built out like 50,000 square feet. That's right. And we, we right. actually do. Yeah. We have our own little <laughs> miniature power plant here. Wow. Cool. Manage, miniature power plant. What's miniature? Do you know how many watts it makes? Man, you know, I don't. But one thing that's nice about here is I do have an on-staff uh, master electrician and an on-staff electrical engineer, which what, is super, what, yeah. super handy. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I, I tell many people who, who want to get into the grow industry, they might be growers or they might be money, um, you know, just money people or business people. They asked me about how to hire a, a grower, somebody to grow it. And I'm like, man, you know, hire like a plumber, an electrician, and a carpenter, and everything else will work out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, then, you know, then get your buddy who knows how to grow weed and like everything yeah. will be fine. Right. Uh, that's oversimplifying it for sure. But, you know, you know exactly what I mean. Like, so, so many people come into the cannabis industry. And they, they're, they're enthusiastic about cannabis, but they're also young and don't have much experience, right? Farm-wise yeah. or life-wise, they're often in their, you know, 21 to 30 years old, right? Awesome time to be learning how to grow weed. That's right. right. I decided that I would opt out of the college option and I out of high school, I just went straight to working on farms, where, you know, 40 acres of asparagus, 20 acres of chestnuts and pine trees, uh, you know, melons, squash, uh, hothouse tomatoes, perennials. This is you in, you, you're from all, Michigan? All those things. You're from Michigan? In Kansas. I'm, oh, I'm from Lawrence, Kansas. You're from Kansas. Lawrence, Kansas. That's right. That's right. Lawrence, Kansas. So, university town. Not, not a stranger to good weed, that's for sure. <laughs> Right. Walk me through your facility, man. People have this idea of what a grow facility is. What walk me through yours? You go through the front door and first you have to come through the gate because every facility in Puerto Rico has to have a a, a fence around the entire facility. If you have okay. a greenhouse, you have to have two fences. <laughs> okay. Okay. First you come through and you go through the first armed guard because every facility in Puerto Rico must have two armed guards twenty four hours a day. Okay. You go through the first armed guard, you park your car, you are walk into just the like facility. Are these just like you, the police that are the armed guards or military people? Or th this is just a armed guard service. service. Okay, okay. Uh, just like we have here in the U.S. That's right. Right, because you're in the they, U.S. That's right. This is a U.S. territory. You do not need a passport to come here. You, It's U.S. currency. It's, it's basically the United States. Right. <laughs> so then you come through the second checkpoint, armed guard. Uh, and then at, all after that is everything is a fob access and, and therefore you need fob access. Most regulations in most states say that you need to sign into the facility when you go into limited access areas and most facilities just install a fob access. So it records the individual when they go in and when they go out. Right. Right. So then you go into limited access at that point, you walk into the facility and then you go down a hallway and there's locker rooms where everyone can scrub out and change and then after that you walk through an air shower 
once you get through the air shower, then you are into the main facility. And and you, you, do you guys change into uh, uniforms or scrubs or, or what do you? Yeah, do? I prefer scrubs just scrubs. because they're comfortable and convenient. Yeah, totally. And then you got offices to the right and 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 a vault room for storage. And then and and I mean the hallways are huge. My hallways are as big as most people's grow rooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so you're walking down these huge huge hallways and and then basically we can this is the thing man when you buy a empty shell a blank canvas of a warehouse you can start building rooms exactly how you want them but when you have to convert an old facility into a new one that that's where the challenges really start absolutely the first area that we got licensed is a lot of clean rooms and that was just meant to be veg rooms for the beginning to get propagation and veg started so that we could start filling the massive flower rooms. So so we 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 got that license first and you basically come in and, and it's a it's a double tier clean room area where uh, basically there's clean rooms on the bottom and then there's clean rooms on the top. So it's a it's it's multi level and then you walk into a larger clean room where there's a washroom and and, and things of that nature. And basically, we just kept licensing areas, and they just, they like, these guys can just like put up walls overnight. So they just put a wall up, get an area license, and then we'd knock the wall down and then get the other area license. Mm-hmm. So, right, right. so then we turned the old packaging facility into the massive uh, flower rooms, which is eight, broken down to eight flower rooms. Mm-hmm. And, all the rooms are a little different, but the the rooms most of them are around two hundred two hundred and fifty lights. Some some smaller, some bigger. Some some smaller, some bigger. Okay. One the two I turned on, one was two hundred and eighty, the other one was like hundred and ninety. Huge facility. Yeah, it's huge, man. It's right. it's huge. HVAC, was it already in place? You have to put HVAC in. So that that's the other challenge. We had chillers that we wanted to try and take advantage of. And then tons of air handling units. And, and, and again, this is where the challenge comes from of trying to convert an old facility. So we have tons of air handle units, but they only go to specific areas. So I turn on a 100-ton chiller, but I can, only, I can turn on air handle unit 400, but air handle unit 400 only cools room 7 and 8. Mm-hmm. So 7 and 8 share ducting and share air handle unit 400. Mm-hmm. So... So at that point in time, we basically just said, okay, and put in supplemental VRF. And so each room has 60 tons of supplemental VRF. So that basically breaks down to 110 tons right. for each room. Right, right. Uh, so it's high humidity there, um, kind of opposite the problems of HVAC in Colorado. Man, and that's the first initial thought I had was, man, I, the, my biggest challenge here is going to be humidity. And Lord... It's actually not as big of a problem as I would have thought. I would say average normal ambient humidity is probably around 65%. Well, yeah, great. Because of the island breeze, it just seems to dry island out really breeze, faster. Man. The island breeze, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so, so uh, yeah, the preconceived notions we have, right? Yeah, I hear you, I hear you. <laughs> well, they were making pharmaceuticals there, so obviously they were able to control their environment. That, that's right. <laughs> they, 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 they had to have a much better controlled environment than we do. And, and that's the thing. I actually have a mechanical room. I actually have two mechanical rooms where, man, w- there is uh, 
pressurized air all throughout the entire facility. So you can use pneumatic. Yeah, pressurized air. There's a giant boiler. Like, I mean, huge, huge, massive boilers. I mean, there, there's equipment that I'm not even sure what, what it's supposed to be used for, <laughs> to be honest with you. It, I'm, it, at some point, it's just like some of the some of the shit is over my head. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You, you're just like, oh, give me some grow lights. and So yeah. you, you guys imported all your grow gear. That's right. And that was a challenge because there was a huge hurricane in the moment that I was trying to to get all the, the stuff here. So and, and and Puerto Rico just had has its own problems and everything's coming through the Bermuda Triangle. And so, man, it was getting things here it, because in Colorado, it's like, OK, yeah, I want two containers of cocoa. OK, yeah, it'll be at your door tomorrow. And and so it's it's not like that there. And so, yeah, so right. getting things here was that, you know, they're, oh, well, one container made it to the port in Jacksonville, but another uh, the other container broke down in Arkansas. So it'll be, you know, 10 days behind that one. And, you know, you know the rest. Yeah. So yeah, and, and, and then th- things are expensive. I mean, like I bought my irrigation equipment. I wanted to get my irrigation equipment here. And Lord, the quote was probably $10,000 more than the quote mm-hmm. that I got from my wholesaler in, in, uh, in Colorado. So, you know, whatever. Ship it from Israel to Colorado to Puerto Rico. It's cheaper somehow. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't make right. any sense to me. But you know, Netafim wouldn't send me supplies directly to Puerto Rico because they had the wholesaler here that had the rights to distribution. So yeah, right, right, right. It's <laughs> one of those challenges that I faced. Uh, yeah. So how long did it take you to build everything out? I bet you guys built it quick once you got the gear. Yeah, I mean, they went really, really fast because they wanted to get all the licenses done before the old governor left office. Mm-hmm. And, and they made a, and that was a wise decision on their part mm-hmm. because now everybody is waiting and waiting and waiting for waiting their license. And, right. and they got it. So, so that was, that was wise. And, and they actually had, man, I mean, they had the, our, our engineer from Venezuela built this entire facility with with grunt laborers from from puerto rico that we hired and, and we had 24-hour crews working around the clock <laughs> right to, to put yeah, this i up. mean this huge unemployment right there you know yeah and puerto i mean rico, there was so much the shitter. yeah there was so much mechanical equipment that we had that had to be welded and taken out and and, and scrapped and i mean lord we probably have a, a 10 acre parking lot and the entire thing was full of scrap from old ducks to i mean there there there's a massive inline sprinkler system that we just could not remove so that was also a challenge so Mm -hmm. again you know the challenges of going into an older facility you know it's just Mm -hmm. man the it was just too intricate of a system to just start taking it out right and then having to put a new one in but you you, you 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 that's the challenge of working working in a puzzle that uh of a pre-existing facility that's right. right. That's right. So that's around a, your idea to get it to work right. Yeah. So that I mean, for for anybody looking for facilities to to do a build out in, man, I mean, if you can find a blank canvas, it's it's definitely I think the better option than trying to work build out an older facility. But th- this guy had it and was was trying to resell it and just said, hey, you know what, medical cannabis might be the thing to do in this facility. So let's try and make it work, and that's what we're trying to do. So the other facilities I've known you to work in have been all large rooms as well. You, you, you per, could we talk a minute about like small 40 light room versus 200 light rooms and and why you choose to do the bigger rooms? Well, man, it seems as though everybody's going for bigger rooms. And and I don't know if maybe now with the stricter 
policies for yeast and mold that people are maybe going back to smaller rooms. But at Kind Love, we had 50 light rooms, and I thought that those were a pretty good size and, and allowed for a pretty good, a pretty good production schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the larger rooms... You know, I mean, it just depends on what you want your production schedule to look like. And you can break it right, down how much you, you want it. Right, right. That's really but, what it's about. How much fresh weed do you want? But I, I, I really, ideally, I like to pull down an entire room at once and and and, and then and then flip it back. Clean it. All, all it. At, and clean it, clean it completely, gut it out, mm-hmm. sanitize it, and fill it back up. And, and that's what I like to do. And that's and that's kind of the thing I don't like about the really large rooms is you have to if you're perpetually harvesting and and if there's a problem, you know that now you've got a problem in flower and and it's just you know I mean, th- but it's all personal preference. There, there's a there's a million roads to the same destination. Yeah, totally. So I'm I'm all about the fact that. What's the best situation for, for right this then. for for this certain case scenario? Yeah, totally. totally. There's not one answer. <laughs> yeah. If someone walks in and tells you there's just one answer for any <laughs> any situation, it, it's it's not the case. Yeah, preach on, so, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it, it just depends on what your what your case scenario looks like. Yeah, right. And and and, and you have to be creative, and and you have to just know how how do I make this the most efficient grow I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, and and you, it's not always the same answer. <laughs> that, that, that comes from experience right there. You have obviously, uh, built many grow rooms and seen many situations and seen many people, uh, thrive, survive and pe- fail because, uh, that, that's absolutely it. Every grow room's different, right? Every building's different, right? Yeah. Everyone has its own circumstances. It's not just a straight, formula right it, it no. kind of just can't be i mean we can want it to be right <laughs> yeah 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 right i, I hear you i mean mm-hmm. there is a standard i would say in this moment and that would be i would say right now your standard grow room is is rolling top benches and and with double-ended lights and, and uh and, and trellis nets and and what i would think would be uh an irrigation an irrigation system Still, a lot of guys out there hand watering though. The modern cannabis facility looks exactly like that: large open rooms, rolling benches, uh, double-ended lights, HVAC systems, computer-controlled environment, CO2 injected, uh, and and you know then the hand water. Man, I see way more hand water than I do drip irrigation. And you know, I and, I sell I sell drip irrigation. And right. that's crazy <laughs> to me, man. It's crazy. I'll go into places and they'll literally have a 32 ounce cup and they're watering their plants 32 ounces and they say, well, I want to give it exactly 32 ounces. And I literally try to explain it to them on how like, well, this one gallon an hour dripper, if you run it for 15 minutes, that's 32 ounces. (laughs) Perfect time for a commercial break. This is The Real Dirt with Chip and Andy. Denver Normal is an organization that advocates for the rights of every marijuana consumer in the Mile High City, while also creating long-lasting partnerships with local businesses that share our values, a deep love for the community, the cannabis plant, and a commitment to educate our audiences. Thanks, Denver Normal. (music) 
And we're back. It's a real dirt talking tropical cannabis grown with Andy Sack. Andy, you were predestined to be a dope dealer with that name, man. Oh, hey, Andy. <laughs> hey, man, let's call Andy. Andy Sack. You know what I mean? Andy. Andy Sack. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. I know what you mean, man. <laughs> oh, fucking hysterical. So uh, we left off on technology, kind of. Let's uh, go back into the future in three minutes and talk about technology. Uh, so you guys are growing under double-ended lights uh, with rolling benches. Are you using like a, a soilless or rock wool? So I, I prefer Cocoa 7030 to Cocoa Perlite. Sure. Yeah. And, and actually, I, I'm at, at this facility, I'm using cloth pots, which I have not used in the, in the past. Mm-hmm. But, man, you know, I like them. They're a pain in the ass to fill in the beginning. Yeah, totally. But instead of washing by hand, you can put them in a commercial washing machine and dryer and, mm-hmm. and clean them that way and save on labor. So I, I've kind of grown to like them. Also, they deliver a lot more oxygen to the root zone, which definitely helps prevent uh, root-borne pathogens. Yeah, yeah, man. That that geopot combo with the 70-30 cocoa uh, on drip irrigation. What Are you in three gallons, seven gallons? Yeah, yeah. I prefer, I prefer three gallons, yeah, and I'm just going, boom, yeah. right from clone to a three-gallon pot, and, 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 and boom, blast off. Yeah. Right. And, and and they just stay in that home because, I mean, it's all about streamlining your production. And the less transplants I have to do, the less labor I have to pay. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and so I just go straight into that three-gallon pot. They stay in that for the duration of time. They're in bed for three to four weeks. They go into flower for nine weeks and, and, and chop. Wow. And, and, then, and then they're on a 3.2-gallon-per-hour Netafin stake on a one-inch main line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great combination. A uh, sprayer. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a great sprayer. It's my it's my pre- pre- preferred sprayer. Yeah, totally. And, and then, I, I, you know, I've then, ditched almost everything at, at Cultivate except those sprayer assemblies, the the one two five, the three two five, and then the six and a half. And that's all I sell now. You guys introduced me to those pre-made whips. Yeah. Holy shit. Man. That makes a difference, man. <laughs> Holy crap, man. My guys used to be sitting there with a goddamn heat gun. And hating Heating it. up the... Yeah, that's right. It's like, it's like man, no, 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 man. No way, no way. You know, these guys are going home with blisters on their thumbs like, man, pop this. Yeah, so, totally. yeah. No, the, 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 pre-made, the pre-made four-foot whips are are, are to die the for, man. They're, they're worth every penny. to do it. Hey, it, we it said really earlier, if anyone tells you there's one way to do it, they're wrong. But hey, man, this is the only way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hear I hear you loud and clear. I hear you loud and clear. So, yeah, man. And, and, and when you're on a if – you're, if you're on a long run like I am, like a, around 100 feet, you really need that one-inch main line for volume purposes. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And, 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 then, uh, and then, man, it's, that's all then hooked up to a PLC – which I got my PLCs from Kelvin at Universal Controls. Are, I'm, do you know Kelvin? No, I don't. Yeah, man, I love Kelvin. Kelvin's a great guy, man. His team is great. They all uh, he he sells PLCs and basically can program to do whatever you want. And and so his, his PLC controls my CO2 and and my exhaust fans, which the exhaust fans are actually hooked up to an actuator to the dampener on the air handle unit. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually trying to utilize CO2 more as a supplement rather than an ambient environment. 
Right. I prefer to just gas and then to a certain parts per million, you know, let's say 1,200 parts per million, and then shut it off, let it go back down to ambient, exhaust, and then the, and then the PLC tells the actuator to open the dampeners on the air handling unit, exhaust the whole room, close it down, turn, gas the room again, so on and so forth, just throughout the light period. Just because in a facility that large, man, you start pumping CO2, and before you know it, man, you got CO2 everywhere. Yeah, totally. Right. I mean, I mean, really. So, <laughs> and the bill, and the bill at the end of the month is steep. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I'm really trying to just utilize it more as a supplement. Right. And and and, and so, and then the PLC so it's not a closed also, room. So you don't have closed rooms there. You you built it to exhaust. That's right. Cool. Old that's school. right. And, and <clears throat> then uh, and then the PLC also program uh, controls all the watering, all the solenoids on the main lines. So basically, because of because so so the PLC is hooked up to the to the solenoids, which and then the 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 water feed into the room goes through a dosatron. Mm-hmm. So goes through a dosatron and then goes into the room and then is divided out through every table. And because you can only put like eighty psi through the dosatron, and eighty psi is enough to water one table with with adequate pressure. Right. So, right. so basically, I have to have a PLC. I can't just water the whole room at right. once. Oh, yeah. so, so my PLC. You're on the so, three quarter inch dosatrons or one inch dosatron. Then I'm on the three quarter dosatron. Three quarter. Yeah, totally. With six with six stations, and and then and then it goes in, and then the PLC tells the table one water at nine o'clock, table two water at three nine o three, table table three nine o six, so on and so forth. And 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 then they each plant gets watered three times a day. Mm-hmm. Okay, three times a day for like fifteen seconds or or what? Three times a day for three minutes. Three minutes. Three minutes. Three times a day. Yeah. So uh, you're getting ten minutes a day. They're getting uh, a third, a third ga- third of a gallon. Is that what it comes out to? Third of a gallon a yeah, day. Yeah, three thousand milliliters. Okay. Three quarters of a gallon. This is what Three I like to a gallon. Uh, okay. get. Two thirds. Each plant. I, I like to see ten five to ten percent runoff. Is right. what I prefer. Yeah, absolutely. So, do, do your do your plants dry out, or do they stay moist? No, man, they stay moist. They all the stay time. moist. Mm-hmm. Always, right. forever. They go into the three gallon pot, and those pots never dry out. Never dry out. Right. They never dry out. Uh, ever. <laughs> ever until we cut them down. That's right. Right. <laughs> so uh man one of the exciting things that you when we spoke about the other day one of the exciting things we talked about was genetics and seeds and uh how you got uh the plants you got yeah so we so basically they wanted to just hit the ground running and so the fastest way for us to do that typically is clones and then growing mothers and and etc but but in this case it was pop seeds mm-hmm. and and then at that point throw those seeds into flower and six weeks later and just go 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 right. so we popped about five thousand seeds and I sexed all of them by hand and Lord man I some days I thought that my eyes were going to bleed five thousand seeds from from a bunch of different vendors or or do you make some or, or from a lot of different vendors man but the ones that I really, you know, because at, at some point 
you know, it was like, okay, don't pop any more seeds. You're right. You're right. So the ones hey, I got popped, I'm not going to take another was, fucking clone and catalog yeah, yeah. it. Humboldt Seed Organization, uh, Greenpoint Seeds, Red Eye Genetics, uh, some DJ Short, uh, some High CBD Tree of Life Seeds, uh, Cherry Wine, um, uh, some Thug Pug Genetics. Um, let's see what else can I feel like uh, some Can Adventure. You know, did you it, have it's a standard number? You, did you have a standard number you'd plant or? Were you planting ten of these, two hundred of Man, these? Man, I mean, like... on the on the on the smaller packs from uh, from some of the vendors, I was just like, go go pop the whole pack, you know, pop the whole pack. But like I, uh, Anthony over at Greenpoint Seeds is a buddy of mine, and and I got a lot of his genetics, be- and the reason why is because when you're ordering twenty to thirty thousand dollars worth of seeds, it's like, man. At four dollars a piece, three dollars a piece, you know, it, it's more realistic than these guys who are wanting ten, yeah, eleven, totally. twelve dollars a seed. It's just not practical totally. yeah, no, no, from yeah, a business yeah, standpoint. And, and 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 then again, this was basically all clone only genetics crossed to a star dog male, which gave me the ability to work with a lot of genetics that I'm already familiar with, like Golden Goat. Uh, Blue Dream, Cookies and Cream, um, Durban Poison, Green Crack, Flow, um, uh, man, Triangle Kush. Mm, I'm puffing um, on the Triangle Kush just, right now. Mm. Yeah, man, it's <laughs> my, it's probably one of my favorites, man. Yeah, yeah. hands down. Yeah, the uh, um, I'm, I'm smoking so, the Urkel Triangle Kush right now from CSI. They're old family purple. Nice. That sounds nice. Oh, and catfish across the star dog. That was really, really good. Really good. And um, lemon G across the star dog. So you were playing. Uh, you were playing hundreds, hundreds a piece of those type of genetics. Then. That's right. Hundred, right. hundred seed phenotype on most all of those. Right. And um. And, and so you and got man, to judge. You got to pick it out. You got to say, I want this one and I want this. That's one. That's right. So it was like a five thousand seed pheno hunt. Five thousand the pheno hunt. And so then at that point, you know, we went through the males and, and then, and, and man, I'll be honest, if a, if a plant even looks at me the wrong way or just isn't up to par, man, I just, they call me a plant killer. Cause man, I'm just, no, 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 no. get that out of here. Get yeah, that out of yeah, my totally. face. Well, get ace you know, ace it. Totally. totally. So it's the, it's the survival of the fittest in, in my group. Right. Sorry, but this is production, uh, the commercial cultivation. You know, <laughs> I, I don't have time for basement basement nonsense. So, um, yeah, man, and, and 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 this gave me the ability to monocrop these strains also as well, so that I could plant from seed and still mm-hmm. get nice canopies and consistent yields totally. across the board. Mm-hmm. Where I'm not just like it still was a little crazy, and I was just sort of like I love my canopies to be perfect, and I'm just sort of freaking out some days, like oh god, Lord, look at. You know, all these plants are, are different, but you know, it was a lot of fun, man. I, I had so much fun looking through all those seeds and all those star dog crosses were huge bangers. And so, so some of the other, uh, you know, I, I found some pretty good ones from some of the other breeders, but man, the ones that really stood out on a commercial production base were all the ones from Greenpoint Seeds. Can you, so, can you say, I know you probably have several favorites, but can you talk, let's talk about your favorites. What are your favorites? What'd you pick your favorite stuff out of? The the rain dance by far 
was the Deadhead OG across the Star Dog, and that one just bangs super hard. Mm-hmm. And I and I love to grow OGs. It reminds me of growing cherry tomatoes. Mm-hmm. You just man, you know, just stack them, just cram them tight, <clears throat> put up the trellis nets, and just let them go crazy. And yeah, totally. You know. So I love growing OGs. Um, the cookies and chem is definitely really, 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 really I good. Love Kim uh, I, I, love I mean, it. listen, listen. Love this it. is this is how I'm going to break it down. Like I love big banging colas just as the next, just as much as the next guy. Mm-hmm. But all day long, I'm a trichrome and terpene farmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and that's the that's the future of the industry as far as genetics are concerned in my opinion mm. terps and crystals you heard it here first the real dirt <laughs> yeah man i believe it dude that's awesome that to 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 think about it that way also means that uh your your goal is to grow quality and goal is to grow the best as as other people's goal is solely to grow the most or the cheapest or to make the most money and those are great endeavors man Nothing against anybody that wants to grow the most or make the most money out of it. I'm down for it, right? <laughs> look at it. Look at it this way, man. Look at it this way. It's it's at, when we talk about yields nowadays in, in 2017. It it's not. You're not just talking about pounds per light. You're you're more talking about resin content mm-hmm. mm. per square foot in in my eyes. Damn. And so I could have a plant that yields three pounds per light, but only yields ten percent extra but i could have a plant that yields two pounds per light or a half pound per square foot and it it's yielding 25 or 30 percent concentrate and you're you're actually getting 50 percent more right right you know thc content that, that's right. right right that's so right they still have the labeling laws there then where people buy it by the thc content or or <clears throat> yes they do and mm-hmm. the and the and the testing here is super vigorous that it's $1200 per test because you have to test for terpenes, cannabinoids, mycotoxins, pesticides, heavy metals, yeast and mold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think wow. That's it. Yeah, well, good for the consumer when they finally buy it. Uh Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's right. it's a, and you can only do 10 pound batches. Okay. Okay. So like that one test is only good for a 10 pound batch. So if I have a 50 pound batch or something, I have to get it tested five times. Holy shit. Yeah. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. (laughs) (laughs) So, so man, uh, I mean, you, you, we've been laughing about all these like challenges and and difficulties you've had and uh, overcome. Is, is, is there like a challenge that you've had either as a grower or as in this current situation? Man, uh, the challenge, I don't know, man. Listen, I'll put it this way. Communication. (laughs) You don't speak Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. And communication all day long is the key to success. Mm -hmm. Hands down. And so... That part has been really tough, and I I had a translator, and that was super helpful. But I've gotten really good at acting out grow techniques, if you will. (laughs) Awesome. And uh, I'm really good at, at, uh, you know, I've learned all the bad words. Let's just put it that way. So I can still make these guys laugh at the end of the day, and that's that's important to Uh, me. 
But you know, I'm working with I was working I'm working with a team of about twenty guys who have never seen a cannabis plant in their life. Mm-hmm. So they got tons and, of questions. And so, but man, these guys are super hard workers, and and they they just do exactly what you tell them to, and they're very intelligent and handy in the sense that like if you're if you say hey I need an outlet here, it's like wow, boom, and two in like twenty minutes later you got an outlet in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and just grab conduit and whatever else and what some welding supplies and boom, boom, bing, bing, bang, bang, boom. And you got an outlet. So, or, Hey man, I need, I need plumbing ran over here. Okay. Yeah. No problem. One hour later, you got water over there. So, so in that sense, it, it, it was really, really handy, but you know, we have a lot of fun and, uh, and we, and we still, we got around the, the challenge of the communication aspect. And, um, I mean, to, to put an image into someone's mind, it's kind of like stereotypical, exactly what you would anticipate of a grow in Puerto Rico. I mean, it's salsa and samba all day long. <laughs> and and these guys are working with weed plants and, 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 and dancing. And then all of a sudden, like everybody will clap in unison. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, there's been moments where I've kind of looked at, you know, stopped what I was doing and looked around and been like, dude, what in the hell did I get myself into? This is this is crazy, but yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's been a, a, a really, really interesting experience. <laughs> when I called you earlier, there was these sounds of the islands coming from the room. That's right. The salsa, <laughs> man. If I, if I get the salsa in the trim room, they trim faster. So oh, you gotta, gotta keep the pace up, you know? <laughs> so man, can you, can you see a future for the cannabis industry? Can you see the future for the cannabis industry in Puerto Rico or, or can you, See I can future for yourself. I could I could see a future here. I think in five, I think we're looking at five years before this is really a huge thing here, mm-hmm. and I think eventually it will be a really huge thing here, mm-hmm. and it will probably be it will if they do, if they do it right, they will beat Jamaica. I think as the as the Caribbean stoner tourist spot because it's so easy to get to. Yeah, you don't need a passport. Drinking yeah. age is eighteen. Oh, I mean, dude, shit. come on, let's go to Puerto Rico. Fuck Jamaica, yeah. Spring, motherfuckers, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, that, that's that's what I think as far as the industry and uh, the future of this industry, man. I would like it to see it go towards greenhouses, preferably. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of tired of growing inside. I would, I, I mean, the the insurance companies here are trying to convince us not to go to greenhouses because it's going to be so sky high because of the hurricane zone, Mm. which is a little depressing, but you know, I'd like to see, I'd like to see this industry go to to greenhouses. I'm not a huge fan of, of, of how unsustainable this industry has been. Yeah. I love greenhouses. Um, I can get it powered by the sun. Control the environment. That's right. I also believe that led lights are also the future. Um, I'm not sure I could put a timeline on it, but yeah, they're not there yet. They're not there yet. Yeah. I mean, I would say the, the biofluence engineer led lights are definitely trending pretty hard right now. So I'm really curious to see what people put out with those. Yeah. It's just, you know, currently you have, you, it's hard to grow on any technique. You, you got to have a technique that works with the LEDs, you yeah. know, and there's a handful of good techniques that work with them. Yeah. Right. But they don't work with everybody's grow technique. Right. I don't know if they'd work yeah. with yours. Um, right? You know, I just, I don't, 
I'd like to get a handful of those LEDs. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to um, pay $3,000 a piece either for them. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's, that's, that's part of the problem is the, the price has got to come down. But they will and, they will, and the technology will get there. And I think yeah. I think I remember when solar panels that. used to be $5 a watt. Now they're a dollar a watt. Yeah. You know? I hear you. So, so it changes. Yeah, I hear you. Greenhouses. So, there's a few greenhouses. I think are definitely. I hope are definitely the future. Right. And, and especially with the with you know vape pens are the future for sure. There's no doubt about that. They ju- there's in, 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 in our in our pot consuming cannabis consuming world, especially in Colorado. There's a culture. Okay. I mean, these guys are listen. The 60 year old or the 70 year old granny down here in Puerto Rico isn't about to grab a dab rig and a torch and start, you know, <laughs> you know, puffing down dabs <laughs> at, at any moment. I mean, but, but a pin, they might, but they might with the, a pin. To, yeah. Yeah. To the average consumer, it's like, man, it looks like these people are consuming hard drugs. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, yeah, but a vape pen, yeah, no problem, whatever. I mean, you push a button, you you hit it, and yeah, it tastes good. And and so 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 as this starts to go more recreational, and as the average consumer st- starts to just say, hey, you know what, it's Friday night, whatever, let's go down to the dispensary and grab something. And hey, you know, I'll just grab a, a vape pen, and, and it's convenient. And when I'm done with it, I can throw it away, and I, and I don't have to buy all this paraphernalia and and clean it and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And, and, and or I, I, you know, I don't have 10 years of experience rolling joints. And so I, I need someone to, you know, or, or pre-rolls too, uh, you know, are, 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 are going to be a hot seller, I think in the future, as far as the recreational market's concerned, but, but vape pens for sure, without a doubt, man, I, I know, you know, it's just, you need that culture mm-hmm. like Colorado has for things like live resin and, and salt, uh, you know, these ridiculous distillate $100, $120 grams of, of you know, right. like hard drug prices. Yeah, no doubt. So, it's fucking nuts, man. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. So, right. so, so you need that, you need a, you need a cannabis culture to sustain that market. And, and not everywhere is going to have that, like, like Colorado does. Mm-hmm. So, so definitely vape pens. And, uh, and definitely pre-rolls, but you know, I mean, like in States in Pennsylvania, there's no flower sales. So there by far the, the, the biggest seller is, is going to be, is going to be vape pens. So, and, and and that's where we come back to what we were talking about earlier, growing for terpenes and growing for, for crystal, for for trichromes. Yeah. Yeah. For crystal. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm sorry, but the one that's the one that's pulling, uh, you know, half pound per square foot and, and 25 to 30% constant uh yield uh, extract yield it is it outweighs and outperforms the one that's doing three pounds per letter you know with a mm-hmm. with a 10 percent yield yeah or 50 totally. percent yield and and so that you know even though that strain may yield less raw product it, it's still a heavier producer right. in, in Absolutely. my books Absolutely. so so and then and then that's where it also comes back to the greenhouses is is Man, I can grow. I can grow trichromes and terpenes prolifically in greenhouses. Yes. <laughs> they exactly. just stack on exactly, right. exactly. That's if you sun, control the environment, 
nothing beats the sun, man. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Every light is trying to just mimic the sun. Absolutely. And, it, and, and they just, they're never going to get there, so... Yeah, there's plenty of bad outdoor and greenhouse there, but most of that stuff's because it's, you know, uh, still private industry bootlegged in the hills type of scenarios where they can't control the environment. But you can control the environment and then light it by the sun. Damn, there's there you just doesn't get any better. It doesn't. No, I, and I agree, and I agree. So I, I definitely think we're, we're going to be seeing people moving out of warehouses and into greenhouses and, 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 and unfortunately, I think, you know, we're, we're Pennsylvania is a great example of where we're kind of starting to see, you know, it more heavily regulated and, and, and limited to big money investors. Right. Um, you know, I think the, the wild, wild west approach to it is kind of going to be going extinct and, uh, and we're going to be seeing big money kind of taking over, which, you know, it was bound to happen at some point. Yeah, that's how that's how it goes. That's how it goes. But kudos there's to still the a place guys for a small, who... There's still, still a yeah, place for the small farmer. but Exactly. And I would say those places would be like Rhode Island, Maine, Massachusetts, um, Oregon. Yeah. California. California. Yeah. So, right, right. so, yeah. But, but even the, Colorado the market... still. Even Colorado still. I mean, it's a tough market here, yeah. but even here. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. So, you know, the, the small guys are going to get pushed out at some point, but... But right. you know, so the but the but the future I think looks looks good, man. Hey, listen, it's better than being a criminal. Yeah, you know? hell yeah. Wherever this industry grows, mm-hmm. it, it's it's hands down better than being a you know the potential of of you know doing what you love. It, it's a man. It's an exciting industry to be in. Yeah, and, they don't they for, don't they don't allow FaceTime and in, in jail. This conversation wouldn't sound near as good. No, no. it wouldn't. <laughs> so. I, oh, fuck. I, I do I do I do believe that anybody that wants to get it you know, anyone that wants to get in this industry should not hesitate. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's room still. There's definitely room still. And listen, six years ago I was sitting in a five thousand square foot warehouse growing weed and shipping container crates, you know, with six lights in it per per container. Mm-hmm. And now I'm converting a four hundred and twenty thousand square foot facility in Puerto Rico. Slam. So, it goes quick. It goes quick, man. And and for the for the competent person who's willing to work hard and work from the ground up, you know. I, I got into this industry on accident to be honest. And it, it led me here. So I'm unfortunate. Well uh, that's an awesome story, man. And you know, you you've led a you've led a great life and a great great career. You're an awesome uh, uh, employee. I know you're diligent about your job, and that's why you've got the success that you have. That's for sure. Uh, not to mention, I know you care a tremendous amount about the cannabis plant. Man, I really do, man. I I man, I'm so 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 passionate about what I do, and I I don't see it as a job. I love waking up every single morning and going to work. I, I strive to grow and, and I'll be honest, man, I love taking pictures of, of, uh, uh, honestly, man, I, I love to grow quality and I, I quality to me is the name of the game. And, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that I love to take pictures of the plants at the end. So I try and grow the most beautiful plants I possibly can so that I can take pictures out of, of them at the end of the harvest. And, and, and that gets me so high. I mean, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I love travel. it, man. I get I it too. I get it too, man. So, oh man, yeah, awesome, dude. This has been an 
excellent, excellent episode of The Real Dirt. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad we got to hook up and, and have this conversation. Me too, man. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a ton of fun. Uh, wish you all the success down there. And uh, I know we're going to hear from you in the future. And uh, we yeah. definitely hope to get some of those photos on our website. Um, of some Dude, of your no Kansas problem, plans, man. Right? Right? Yeah, fuck no yeah. No problem, man. No problem. Awesome. Well, hey, this has been The Real Dirt with Chip Baker and Andy Sack. Roll another one up and fire it up. Later. I want to thank everybody for joining us today on The Real Dirt. Today's episode, we got to speak to Andy Sack. Andy is a grower's grower, that's for sure. And Man, it's just exciting hearing this fantasy life story that he leads in in Puerto Rico, building out a state-of-the-art 420,000 square foot grow facility, planting seeds and picking finos and and taking photos and listening to salsa music. Andy's living a great life, and I really want to thank him for joining us today. If you like this episode and would like to listen to other episodes of The Real Dirt, please download it on therealdirt.com. You can also download The Real Dirt podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Big shout out to our sponsors, Growers, Cultivate, and Denver Normal. Without you, this could not be possible. Thanks again for joining us. See you next week.